0: I just want to open with a question, if you've ever, uh, if there's ever been a time where uh, the things that came out of your mouth, the words that you said, had ever gotten you in trouble, would you please raise your hand? Okay, we've all been there. Now turn to the person next to you and say, I'm not surprised. <laughs> We're not surprised, are we? That is the uh, reality of life. Um, a lot of times um we get uh we say things and we get ourselves in trouble. It happens all the t- to all of us. all of us have had that experience uh of saying something and then oh I wish I hadn't said that anybody yeah I've had multiple times in my life i uh you know where I have not given a thought to the things that were coming out of my mouth only to regret what I said and then have to turn around and go apologize to that person. Ever been there, done that, right? It's like, wow, what did you just say, Mark? Think before you speak. Boy. And I've been there many times in my life. You know, a lot of times it happens when... Um, "Quote unquote," we're joking around, right? We're joking around. Hey, I was joking, you know. That's all. This is yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't mean it. Or, but other times, you know, it, it's in times of emotion uh, where you react. It's uh, first instead of a you know stop, think, and then respond, and thinking through. Okay, what would you know? What should I say in this situation? And you know, with the development of of, uh, well, uh, uh, email, text, Facebook, Twitter. Man, you know, what is it? We'll just let our words fly, right? We're going to let them fly. when with a click of a button, bam, there they go. And boy, that can be very destructive, very destructive in life. Now, we're in this series, uh, What Are You Saying?, We've been looking at different passages uh, in the Bible that challenge us to, to look at what we say and why we say it and how God would, w- would have our words flow from our mouth. And so we've been kind of examining Scripture and looking through all of this. And so today, Brent has asked me to dig into the book of Proverbs as part of this series and what we're saying. Now, it's important, I think... It, you know, if we're really gonna look at the book of Proverbs, you gotta understand some things in regards to Proverbs. And it's so important to get some background, and to share really background on the author. And the author of Solomon, the author of Proverbs is Solomon. And he wrote the majority of the book of of, of Proverbs, which is in the Old Testament part of our Bible, and and, uh, in that regards. And so, Psalm was he was regarded as one of the wisest men who ever lived. In fact, his wisdom was a gift from God. Uh, When he was crowned king, he didn't ask God for riches or success over his enemies. He asked for wisdom, and he says, "I want wisdom." And here's the thing, God was so, so pleased with that request. And he granted it in a greater measure than any other human being. And he, at that time, That he gave him incredible amount of wisdom. And as a result, that wisdom, he became not only the wisest man because of that wisdom, but he also became very powerful and also very rich as a result that wisdom. So the book of Proverbs it's written as this record, record of many insights that God gave him about living life skill of, skillfully. In fact, that's what when you look at wisdom, you'll understand the proverbs, you understand that that word wisdom has has an underlying meaning and and the meaning is living life skillfully. And so proverbs are they're not like promises like if you do this, this will result but rather the general statements of truth. This is what we understand. This is, this is how we He goes, this is how I see life, and I understand life from what, from, from what God has given me insight into. And you can live life skillfully if you understand these, these truths. And so here, we, it's important to remember, we have general truths that are good for living life with God's wisdom. So today, we're going to look at general truths, all right, they're good for saying things well, how we say things, and so today I want—I to, just want to highlight some of the key truths about how to use your words, how to, and, and that we find here in the Book of Proverbs. In fact. There is so much, there's so much in, that, that we don't have time to look at at all. In fact, Brent and I were talking about this week and he goes, what are you going to do? You're going to do like a little Bible quiz and we're going to open your Bible? And yeah, we could do that, but we're, we're not going to do that this week. But we're going we're to kind of work through a lot of different texts. And so you can open up your Bible to Proverbs, uh, but we're going to be jumping all over. So uh, you might want to just take notes. There's notes there with the growth guide and also on Uversion app. You can grab some things and grab some, gain some insight. But then I encourage you during the week, go back and, and look up. I put all the references in there so you can look up these verses on your own throughout the week in your personal time time with God. The first truth that comes from Solomon's wisdom is this and that I want to that want to share share with you. And it this words have power. Words have power. Um, have, have you ever you know ever said this growing up? Sticks and stones May break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Anybody ever say that? Uh, sticking stones may break my bones. I used to say that. I remember saying that as a kid. I don't know who taught it to me. And that Maybe it was my mom when, when, uh, when kids would say some mean things to me. And, and, I, and she would well, just tell them, hey, sticking stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt me. You know? But here's the reality. It's not true. It's not true. Uh, words do hurt, right? Words do cause pain. they have power. Solomon, in his wisdom, reveals that words have this the power he says the power of life and death. In fact, listen to some of solomon 's words here. He says, the words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. He goes on to say, the teaching of the wise is the fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. He goes on to say, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And then he says here in Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it, he says, will eat its fruit. And I think it's important to understand here in these Proverbs, you can see him. He's just contrasting back and forth between words that take life and words that, that, that give life. There's this, you know, waiting for blood or rescuing. There's the fountain of life or the snares of death. That which brings healing or the crushing of the spirit. See, our words, here's the thing. You know when I when I speak a word, you know I, if if I say, I say something that's cruel or something, usually it doesn't kill the person on the spot, right? They don't kill over and die. But here here's the thing, Solomon's He's trying to drive home with this this this, this contrast and and using really in this proverb and trying to give it understanding. There's an underlying truth here that Solomon wants us to understand, and that that is the importance the importance of how we use our words. The greatest good and the greatest harm they're in the power of, of that tongue that we have in our mouth, the things that we say. So when so when he uses this to contrast life and death, he wants this, he wants it to grab our hold on a second, you said life and death? Yeah, he goes, well hey he wants to grab our attention. Because our words are so, so important. And here's the thing. You have a choice. Either you're going to eat the fruit that gives life to others. Or you're going to eat the fruit that takes life from others. And so he goes, listen, our words have that level of impact. And we need to grab a hold of this. We need to understand this. We need to have a wisdom about this. Now, his Proverbs, he also uses phrases, I think, that kind of relate to everyday life, uh, that in in regards to how we use our words. He also helps us understand that, that words have the power to heal or to wound. Again, listen to Solomon's words. He says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise, it brings healing. Proverbs fifteen thirty, he says, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. The good news gives health to the bones. And he says here, then also in Proverbs sixteen twenty four, pleasant words, and I like this phrase, are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You know, in these proverbs he gives these these word pictures and that describe how how our words can wound, pierce like that sword, or heal, or bring joy, or good news, or even that that picture of honey. Don't you like honey? I, I love to take my, my spoon out of the drawer and I dip it into my peanut butter jar and you dip it into you don't do this? Dip it into the honey. Eat that. That's good stuff. And he's so he's painting this picture of understanding that yes, yes, that words can, can can have they can be sweet sweet to the soul. Have you ever had that that time where someone uh, you have a, had a relationship with, or you you just there's that 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 personal friendship that, and they speak words that are so powerful. That you move to tears, and it's it's like and they're, they're just speaking. and They say something, and it just moves you to tears. And it just, oh, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that in this moment. It just speaks life into your innermost being. It's like that sweetness of honey upon the lips. There's nothing better nothing better. I rem- we rem- we're probably reminded of that most when we we, we think of our, our relationship with our kids, right? And when we've invested so much into them and then they, they come back and, and they, they speak. And I tell you, uh, students, I mean, you, you can have such great impact on your parents, man, when you speak, speak life into your parents. And and speak words of hope and encouragement. That picture, and in the same way, we as as parents or uh, uh, whoever we're influenced, how powerful that that impact can can be. Words can change others and bring transformation. Bring transformation into our lives. I um, this uh, one of the things that Brent and I do is. Uh, uh, we are now assistant ba- basketball coaches. Have you told them about this yet? I don't know. We are assistant basketball coaches at Grayson Elementary. In fact, one of these Sundays, we're going to have to wear our, our uh, coach shirts. You know, I got Coach Manser he's got coach, coach Wood, you know, on the back. But you know one of the things we do, you know, as we go over there, and and that is as is, is we uh, we go and, and it's I want you to know it's like organized chaos, okay, a little bit. Thirty kids on a team. Who's ever heard of thirty kids on a basketball team? But anyways, and uh, so we're over there, and and we're just we're just we're just looking to speak life into these kids, looking to speak hope that they can actually shoot a basket, but but also other things into their life, and you know one of the things is. That I've noticed about the kids, and and um, is that is they love for you to know their name. It's amazing the power of them you speaking just their name and say hi, Jalus. hi, Christopher. I I want you to know I am not very good at learning names, Brent he is really good at it. It's like, I don't know how he does it, it but he's over there, and he's calling every kid by name. I'm, I'm standing closer to him, you know, and trying to listen in. Yeah, hi, Jail. You know, yeah, he says, hi, Jail. Hi, Jail. You, know, uh, you know, you know, and go around the name because we understand, and, and the, the reason we've taken time, the reason we want to do is, is is this whole aspect of, of wanting to impact kids and, and wanting to see change come by even just expressing some basic love of Jesus Christ into the lives, hoping it brings the change over time. The other day I was walking through the hall in uh, Elson and over there at the school, I get over there at different times and, and, and I'm walking through the hall and I say, hey coach, I'm looking. Hi, <laughs> how's it going? That spoke life into me, you know, and, and, and coming along and being part of those kids' lives in that way. When you look at all the Proverbs of Solomon, though, he also reveals what kind of, what kind of words that speak life. And here, I, I'm going to kind of move quickly through some, some passages, but I want to I just pick up on some things. Listen to the words of Solomon here. He says here, in Proverbs twelve twenty two, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. He goes on later to say in Proverbs 16, he goes, kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value a man who speaks the truth. And so here we see that words that speak life are words that are honest and not deceptive other words, that aspect of, hey, I, I'm going to let my words come forth with honesty and I'm not looking to manipulate or, or I'm not looking to deceive you. Uh, I'm going to be truthful in that. And so words that speak life are, are words that, that, that are honest in that. He goes on to say in Proverbs 27, let another praise you and, and not your own mouth, someone else and not your own lips. And here we see that that words that speak life are words that are humble, and, and not prideful. How often it, it, you, you can see that in people's lives where they, they, just, they, they just let, oh, I am great, that aspect, or whatever, they're looking to lift themselves up. And so when you speak words, is it, is it always about you, or are you looking to speak life into the person you're having a conversation with? How important it is, thinking through, hey, what how can I speak into this person's person's life? Proverbs, uh, Solomon goes on in Proverbs seventeen. He says this: starting a quarrel is like the breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. And here you see that words that speak life are words that are peacemaking and or or not I should say and not argumentative. Boy, words are very important, even on the screens, aren't they? But you want to write in there, are not argumentative. Are not argumentative. He goes on to say in Proverbs 11, a, a gossip, he adds, kind of adds to this, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a, a trustworthy man keeps, see, keeps a secret. He says in, in Proverbs 20, 19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. And then he says in Proverbs 26, without wood... A fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. We could just meditate on that one for a while, couldn't we? As charcoal to embers, as a wood to fire, so is quarrelsome man like kindling strife. The words of a gossip are, are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's innermost parts. And so here we see that words that speak life are words that keep confidence. They're not gossiping. You want to write that in there. not gossiping our words reveal whether we are a trustful person and you need here's the thing you need to be careful even thinking through the 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 other side of this is how you share your words and that you do keep confidences and those who you share your words with are ones who will be keep confidences with you Solomon continues on throughout Proverbs. He says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answer, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. And in Proverbs 17, he says, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. And here we see that words that speak life are words that are rational. Rational. A wise person, here's the thing, to think about, you know, a wise person weighs their words and how they will impact another. I know when I was early on in ministry, I I, I, I had this, I, I always, I, I would always, you know, hey, I got an answer for you, and even though I was, you know, maybe speaking about word, I, I would not listen first. I'd just really jump into what my response would be, and I tell you, if there's one thing God has taught me is to close my mouth and listen. I don't do, do it always perfectly. I have to admit that. I'm, I continue to work at that in my life, so that I can I can communicate, you know, rational, biblical insight. This is this aspect of you know of thinking before you speak, do, you know, and, and and as you speak them, do 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 my words show compassion, love, and grace, along with truth, along with truth. The Psalm also continues to uh, to write, and there's so many that you can look at, but. He says in Proverbs 15.1, he says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. He goes on to say later in that chapter, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. And so we see that words that speak life are words that are gentle and peaceable. And that we're looking to say, you know, to, to, to speak into the heart of a person. And, and that words that are gentle and peace will accomplish so much more than words that are hard, words that are, are, are cruel. In Proverbs 25, 15, he says, "...through patience a ruler can be persuaded." And a gentle tongue can break a bone. Here another again, a, a general truth to understand, but we see that words that speak life are words that are persuasive. And so it's, it's a matter of letting our words persuade for the God's glory and will to be done. Uh, uh, you know, that, that phrase there he uses uh, there in 25, 15, is, uh, you know, he uses this phrase of a soft tongue breaking a hard bone. It's, it's kind of an unusual figure of speech and you start to well how can a tongue you know break a bone that doesn't make sense well the idea is that a softly spoken words can accomplish difficult things and boy how i have seen that in my own life those people that come alongside me and and speak with patience and kindness and gentleness and and it causes me to think and reason and and see and gain wisdom in in my own life. And then Proverbs Psalm uh, always says in, in Proverbs he goes, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, but and how good it is, a timely word, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And here we see that words that speak life are words that are timely. Did I jump ahead? Yes. That words that are timely in that way. You know, when I when I read all these verses and, and I, I read all these Proverbs and I, I begin to reflect and then there's so much more you could you could read and I encourage you to grab the growth guide or go on the Uversion app and reflect on these this week. But but when I, I, when I read all these Proverbs, I'm reminded of Paul's words in Ephesians 4.29 when he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so often, So often, we let the words fly, don't we? Rather than pulling the words back and saying, hold on a second. Is this going to benefit that person? You know, a lot of times, I've done different times of marriage counseling, and and usually, by the time um, they're with me, usually it's a crisis situation, and and uh, I did a lot of that up north. And, um, and, 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 uh, and, and so I'll usually I meet with the couple, and they come in, and and they'll sit down, we'll start talking. And, and so often I'll have one or even both of the spouses, they'll, they'll start just speaking cruel words. You and you and bam, bam, and it just... And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa. And I will, I will, in those times, I will call them out and say, hold on a second, hold on a second. Think about what you're saying. What are you saying? You know, it's like, did you did you make these vows that thinking one day ahead? Yeah, man, I can't wait to rip on my wife or whip on you know, rip on my. No, it's like step back, and I will point him to this passage and say, hold on a second, you know, uh, uh, th- that's wrong. Those kind of words are wrong. And usually, I'll get a response like this. Well, I'm just being honest. There we go. Yeah, and it's like, well, hold on a second. You know, God, God, yeah, He wants us to be honest, but He has not. I uh, said, "Go be honest and cruel. Go be honest and rip them apart." No. He says right here, he goes, do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. And I think here Paul is, is gaining wisdom from what he sees back, you know, as you read back here, even in possibly in Proverbs. It's, he, was a, he was a student of, of the Old Testament scriptures, and he, he's saying, hold on a second, here's, here, here's the understanding of truth that changes you and transforms you, and as believers, what we're called to in the living out in our, in our relationships. And in in those those times of of uh, where we need to understand that what words do and how they impact people's people's lives. On Wednesdays, I uh, I also go over to Grayson and I I'm a uh, uh, I read with students in Mrs. Runk's class and. Uh, <clears throat> Any Grayson students? Do you remember Mrs. Runk? Maybe I don't. So, and Mrs. Runk, she invites me in, and and um, and that. And so every Wednesday morning, I'm I'm usually over there, and and uh, and she gives me about four or five students to read with. And, it, and it's interesting. I, I take I take a kid, you know, and, and this is what the enemy does. He goes, "Mark, you really haven't that much impact." You know, he loves to do that. But I, I, I take a kid, and, and, and she tries, I take four kids a week. So I take them for 10, 10 to 15 minutes, and we go, and they just bring their book that they're reading, and I help them read. But you know what my whole purpose is there? I want to speak life into these kids. And so as, as we're walking down the hallway to where we grab a table in the hallway, and I'm going down the hallway, I, 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 I'm, I'm asking them questions, and I'm, I'm saying, okay, well, you know, Christopher, tell me about yourself. You got any brothers or sisters? Oh, man, that's awesome, cool, you know. And, and I'm looking to get to know them, and, 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 that, and, then, and, I, and, and they all come in different, different levels of reading. And, you know, some are really good. They got the chapter books, man, they're flying, you know, they're flying through books, and they're just excited to read with me. And others, though, they're struggling. In fact, it, I find it. here's the thing. The ones that struggle with reading, they're scared to read with me. And Mrs. Runk, she kind of works on them. She works on them. She says, "Hey, you know, it's all right. He's okay, guy. In fact, he's pretty cool." And and and, and this last week, I got it, one little guy, young guy, who came out and he didn't want to read me, but he said, oh, we, "Oh, I'll try it this week." And so he goes out and and we we. Uh, we sat down and we started reading. He was struggling and I'm helping him sound out words. I say, hey, this is how you do this. And I'm helping, you know, understand his reading and, and, and that. And, and I says, hey, man, you can do this. You're doing great. And I'm, I'm doing whatever I can. Tell me about yourself. I'm speaking Life. Into this little, little young man praying, as, as silently in my head, God just change this man, transform this young little guy, Ray, Lord, you want to, whatever. Take this fifteen minutes, Lord, and give and speak life into him. And, and the, that's the main reason I go is because I want to see, I want to see lives changed. I want to see lives changed. There's one final truth here from this Proverbs that I want to share with you and that is that words flow from one's heart and influences. Here's the thing. Words reveal your heart or your character. I think it's important to understand. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. See, we need to guard our hearts, look at our words, and really ask this question, what, where's my heart right now? What do my words reveal about my heart? In a sense, almost get honest with yourself and ask that. What is this revealing about myself? I remember one time up north, and I uh, and me and our worship leader, uh, uh, we're in the office and we're talking about whatever. And and I she said something, and I just like blurted out. I did not think. Had one of those blurt out moments, you know? Did not think, and immediately the Holy Spirit just convicted me, and and I was like, "What did I just say to you?" And it was it was wrong, and so I immediately I asked for forgiveness. I said, you know, hey, I was wrong. I'm not, but you know what I did? I went back to my office, and it's like I started asking myself, where did that come from? Mark, you got something here you got to look at in your life, and then God begins to reveal some things in my heart. You know, if I listen to my words, I'll start to get that insight to where I need to grow, to seek God's truth, to renew my mind. That Romans 12 aspect of renewing my mind so that I do not take life, but I give life. I speak life into others. Here's the other thing, though, about words. Words reveal your influences. Proverbs thirteen twenty says this. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools. What? Suffers harm. See, when we look at our words, we can also see the things that are influencing us, and we may need to step back from those influences that are having negative impact in our lives. Brennan Manning, a, a, a religious leader, he said this. He goes, in every encounter, we either give life or we drain it. There's no neutral Exchange. And here's the thing I guess I would challenge you in these closing moments to think through. And, and that is, how, you know, first of all, think about your everyday conversations. How can, you, how can you speak life better into those everyday relationships? Think about your child, if you've got a child. And how do what do Am I speaking life into them Or am I taking life from them Think about your spouse Am I speaking life into my spouse Or am I taking life What about your neighbors Co-workers is major isn't it you you know you step into a world and I completely understand this. My wife she steps into a very difficult world when she goes in Monday morning and and it's not a it's not a sometimes it's just not a, a fun wor- world because you live in a world where you have people that don't love God or maybe there's things going on and I I completely understand understand this as I I, I hear from my wife and so but those are places where we gotta. We've got to speak life. Something Sue and I did from, uh, from uh, Brent's message last week. We took the verses from, uh, yeah, I think it was from last week, verses from, from James there, and we printed them out, and we, we post them up on our, on our wall. And so my wife says, I want those verses on my wall at work. Remind me to speak life. Speak life. I, I also I consider you serving conversations. You know, we all, hopefully you're involved in serving in some way or another, and I encourage you, and and that's part of what I do here at Waterford Community Church. But whose life can you step into and speak life where you're serving and you're coming alongside? You know, I am so thankful for our Faith Mountain leaders, our our Kids Life leaders, our student ministry small group leaders. It's exciting. Uh, You know, on Wednesday nights, I'm roaming the building, and on Sunday mornings when I— I want you to know when I'm not in here, I'm roaming, checking in on Faith Mountain, all right? And I'm, I'm going around, I, I'm checking in because I want to, and I'm excited because see, we got workers and, and it's powerful. They're looking to speak life into those kids as they meet with them in small groups every week, week in, week out. And maybe God, as you look at those relationships, maybe, how, how do I speak life into those serving things? Maybe, here's the thing, maybe God wants you to go and step into other people's lives so you can speak life into them. You know, we have shut-ins who would love to have people visit them, um, encourage them. Dana and her team, they go out and they, they, they strive to meet with them every so often and celebrate their birthdays. But may I tell you, if you, if you went to, Dan, to Dana and said, uh, Dana Raymond, just say, hey, I, I, hey, I want to go visit a shut-in. Who do you recommend? She would, man, she would have a list for you and ready to roll and speak life into those people. Or maybe it's getting involved in Oakland Hope and, or maybe it's get involved in Grace Centers of Hope. There's, there's different things. There are pregnancy care centers and things like that. But it's going to say, we're going to speak life, speak life into other people's, people's life. Who is that for you? The worship team is going to come and they're going to close us and, uh, with a song as we close out here this morning. But I want to just speak a moment as they come to the unbeliever here this morning. Or maybe to the person who maybe you you think you're a believer but you really haven't you have no desire to do this type of thing to speak life. I want to say to you this morning, this is what I want to say to you. The reason I go to Grayson, the reason I step into a small group or a life class, the reason I get into relationships, and, and I want those relationships to be ones where I can be a part of what God's doing in transforming lives, and so I look to speak life. The reason I do that is because, solely because of what Jesus Christ has done in my own life. And it started when I came to that place and I committed my life to Christ, recognizing I'm a sinner, believe my heart that Christ died on the cross for me, but then confessing with my mouth, there is a transformation that took place into my soul and being that now drives my life. And that is, I want to speak life. The ultimate life that you can speak into someone is the message of Jesus Christ that he came to die on a cross so that you might be forgiven of your sins and you might have eternal life, but not only life that's uh, eternal life in the future, but eternal life to be lived out now in the everyday. In the everyday. If that's not you, man, we invite you. You come. We love to talk to you about what it means to know. Jesus Christ. Stand with us now as we, as we sing this final song.